0: Hi, everyone. This is Javier, your host here at The Restore Podcast. We would love to hear your thoughts about The Restore Podcast topics, guests, your favorite episodes, or whatever you may want to let us know. And I am so happy to announce that now you can do that simply by texting us. By going to the show notes, there you will see a link that simply says, send us a text message. Click on it. Don't remove the number there that you will see and simply send us a text. Simple as that. So don't wait. Go to any episode show notes and text us now. Let us know your thoughts. We can't wait to hear from you. God bless.
1: Welcome to Restore, a podcast seeking to restore the vision, restore the mission, restore the church. And now your host, Javier Diaz.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Restore podcast, episode 27. My name is Javier, and I am your host. After a short summer break, as we normally have done, we are back with new episodes this fall. I hope you've all been doing well and have had a great summer. Thank you all for your continued support, even through the summer break. I, I hope you've all been able to catch up with all the episodes that perhaps you hadn't had a chance to listen to. On this episode, I'm looking forward to having you listen to Pastor Edwin and Lisa Annette Vargas. They are currently planning a church in Denver, Colorado and have previously planted two other churches in Oregon. They share with us their story of how they began their journey in ministry with Jesus, and then being led to actually start to plant churches. As I mentioned at the beginning of the interview, I caught up with them at the North America Division Church Planters Boot Camp. I know that you will be blessed and challenged by Edwin and Lisa Nett's story. So without further ado, here's my interview with Pastor Edwin and Lisa Nett. So I want to welcome uh, Edwin and Lisa Nett to the Restore podcast. Thank you guys for being here. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having us.
1: Thank you for inviting us.
0: Absolutely. And um, I'm glad we're recording uh, now here at Camp Kulakwa at the the North American Division Church Planters Conference. And so if you guys hear a little background noise that uh, you'll understand that there's people uh, walking around not too far from us, but uh, so in full disclosure, we, we always have full disclosure here. But thank you guys. I am so glad that you guys took of your time. I know you've been, you guys have both been giving seminars and uh, talking to people. And so uh, thank you again for taking of your time in the midst of all that to uh, tell us a little bit more in depth about your stories. And I know that people will be blessed to hear it. So whoever wants to start, and I'm glad to have I think this is my first husband and wife oh, podcast. I feel privileged. I mean, I've had a lot of people a on honored. You know, I've had I've had both genders of course and uh-huh. and everything, but I don't I don't I gotta check. I know it's a, this is like number twenty something, but uh, I think this is the first time that I'm doing a husband and wife sit down. So That's this, awesome, this is great. So I'm just gonna say whoever wants to start. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: All right. Well, um, my yeah, we were born, both born and raised in in Puerto Rico. Um, uh, kind of like a, a rough uh, upbringing for me mm-hmm. um, because um, it was bad decisions my parents I made, mean, and I was living by myself since I was thirteen years old. Wow, 13. So 13, Yep. And I have a, uh, I have three boys, and when I look at them now, it's like how in the world was I living? Mm-hmm. By myself when I was thirteen, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, but God is, is so good; He's so incredible. He reached out to us in, in ways that I had never imagined. You know, I had dropped out of school when I was in tenth grade. Wow. I was going to be a father when I was sixteen years old. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was uh, something that 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 yeah, that really changed my life when I when I came to Christ. You know that He loved me; mm-hmm. that um, I I was worth something and that that he had a plan uh, for me so um while i was dating my wife at the time um, uh, and i remember um, going into this um, church and and realizing that they had a picture uh, they were giving out this movie about jesus and it was this jesus that was loving and caring and smiling and all of a sudden they they arrested him and they and they hit him and they mocked him, spit him and and for the first time, it clicked in my heart. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, what Lord did, did you do that because of me? And knowing how I was going to live, the people I was going to hurt, because I you I was living down in the streets. The only the only way that, that I knew how. And I remember getting in my car and and just driving, and it was late at night, driving to to uh, my girlfriend at the time's home, and, and just knocking on the door, and saying, and my mother in law comes out, and he's like, hey, are you okay? Mm. And she's like, oh yeah, I just need I needed to talk with. With Lisi, and, and and she's like, "All right, I'll, I'll wake her up." And she came out. and was like, "Hey, you know, are you okay?" And it's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I just I just want to know that, that that tomorrow morning I'm gonna pick you up and we're going to church." Oh wow! <laughs> and she was like, "Are you high?" <laughs> and It's like, "No, no, not anymore. Not
0: anymore. <laughs> no, no um, I, I'm gonna pick you up. I'm, we're gonna go to church together." So, so this was all in the span of watching. The movie. Yeah, this was. Yeah, this was.
2: Uh, I, I sat down and, and watching this movie. I was in a dark place in my life. Uh, um. Uh, and and I. I, I I, I, the reason I got close to the church was because mm. I heard a commercial on the radio, mm. and, and um, they pointed out this place. And I remember there was a McDonald's right in front, mm-hmm. and I thought, I'm going to eat there. And while I was eating there at the McDonald's, I saw the church, and it was dark, and I thought, maybe I can sneak in and nobody will, will see me. Wow. And the reason it was dark is because we were, they were giving a movie. Right. So I sat down and— Crazy. Yeah, and I saw this movie, and, and, it, and, and I heard this before, you know. But it made sense to me that that time and I, and I and I spoke into my heart in my heart I spoke to God I said, Lord, you did that for me, knowing how mm. knowing how everything was going to play out. you did this knowingly, and I felt that God spoke into my heart and said, yeah, I know it all and I knew it all so i just I just broke down, got in my car and, and talked to to my girlfriend and said, hey we, we got we gotta get closer to this
0: Jesus because uh it seems like he's pretty cool <laughs> wow now your parents were your parents religious of any kind or did they have any any they had some religious background, yes, okay. both
2: of them, but it was a more of a nominal uh, okay. Christianity. Um, you know, my parents were um, had a, a, a fight all the time that I every memory I have of my childhood is because uh, you know them just just fighting and not mm-hmm. getting along. And okay, I mean they fought so much that literally they divorced. I mean they married, they divorced, they married again and
0: divorced again. Wow, mercy! Yeah, <laughs> it was that bad. Okay, it was it was that bad. Yeah. So, so Lisa Ned, you you hear him come. He's telling you all of a sudden that he's not high and he does want to go to church. <laughs> yeah. So that that must have been shocking to you to hear that, right? Because church, nothing churchy, if I can say it that way, had come out of his mouth before, right? Oh, um, or yes,
1: yeah, a little okay. bit. Um, sometimes we've been talking about church, about okay. Jesus, and you know all the. Conversation mm-hmm. and I was okay because my mom always told me, Oh, you have you always always in your life have something for the church, yeah. Because I went to the church not with my mom but with the neighbors, oh, okay, yeah. And uh, when I went to college, I I was visiting the Methodist church, okay. And to me, it was kind of like, Okay, yeah. let's go to church. So, but, you did
0: have a religious, a little bit of a religious background, yeah, family. Yeah, okay.
1: but another like. Super like Thai background, but yes, right. I used to visit the church and I got stop And uh, <laughs> but since then, that he said tomorrow we're going to church. We've been in church.
0: Wow. Yeah, it's been
1: nineteen years.
0: Nineteen years. So mm-hmm. obviously a lot has happened in nearly two decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is that you you dropped out of high school and everything, or or college, or you were out by yourself mm-hmm. since you were thirteen. But mm-hmm. um, how did that trajectory? Go from that point um, to going to school and becoming a pastor, and and uh, of course a church planter, which is mm-hmm. why you're here. And now you're presenting, right? I don't, I don't yeah. think nobody would have told you at that time. Hey, in a few years, you're going to be at some place called the North American Division Church Planters in Camp Delacqua, Florida. Uh, presenting on church planting. God bless you. Have a great day. Right.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't so th- have uh, understood half of what I just
0: right. said. <laughs> I don't think I would have understood half of what I just said 20 years ago. But um, with that said, you know, tell us now how, you know, how that trajectory was, you know, happened. Yeah, so I think the first thing is that that, that God just starting,
2: He started healing things that were in our hearts, mm-hmm. and and replacing them with with dreams and hope, mm-hmm. of 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 doing something for other people, you know, I, I thought to myself, man, you know, I, w- I was in the streets this time mm-hmm. and are you telling me there were like some Christian people that knew this, wow. <laughs> you know, like there were like Adventist people around that mm-hmm. loved, you know, that, that knew this. And why didn't, why didn't anybody reach out to where I was of wow. course, because the church where it wasn't in, in the building, you know, the church was not in the street. I was in the street, mm-hmm. the church was in the street. So one of the first things that I that I wanted to do is share with people like like me that were in the street. Wow! So my wife and I became uh, um, youth directors of the church where we we were baptized. We were heavily involved. Of um, just going out, going out, and really uh, um, reaching out to those people that nobody would reach out to mm-hmm. and, and letting them know that that God loved them that they were worthy that yeah. that they that God had a purpose and, and to see and and just to see life transformed you know it, it was it was something that was so powerful. To see it was like wow, people started changing their their lifestyle, started coming to God, you know, their demeanor, their desires, their character started changing, and it was it was just mind blowing to see. And it's like it happened to me; it could happen with with some other people. Yeah. So I went back to school. You know, um, it was a, a process. Uh, I started uh, studying engineering. I thought that was my life calling. Mm-hmm. It's like right, I'm gonna be an engineer. And while I was doing that, I would go to school. I was working, um, and while I was doing all of that, uh, I was always at like, giving Bible studies, involved in church, and mm-hmm. and just loving Jesus, loving life, my my, my family, uh, learning how to be a husband, learning how to be a dad. I didn't have a lot a lot of good role models, so I was blessed that in the church that we became a part of, there were godly men, there a godly pastor that were friends till this day. That um, he really modeled what was to be a, like a good husband. Hmm. Well, he really modeled what was to be like a good dad. You know, to be responsible, and um, and he and I started feeling in my heart. I started feeling in my heart that God was calling me in hmm. the ministry, but just the thought of it scared me to death. So I wouldn't even voice it out. I, I would I, I wouldn't dare to just to boys it out. You know, to say yeah. it verbally. I thought about it, and it was crazy to me, and I kept it to myself. I wouldn't tell my wife because it just scared me and and um this about my pastor at the time he put his arm around me once and he said hey um Edwin, i i feel like god is calling you into ministry and i literally jumped hmm. and i thought why <laughs> are you are you listening to my thoughts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and i was like no no and i rejected the thought at the time i said no that that can't be and he's like eh, um and then i said you know I opened up and said you know i i've been I've been feeling that I've been I've been kind of feeling that that God's coming to ministry, but I, I you know I knew that the pastors would ha- have to have a degree, would have to, which meant for me at the time that I needed to 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 leave my job to be a, become a full time student, hmm. and and I already had a family, so I'm like how no this can't be you know this, it's not possible, hmm. um, but um, the the pastor he gave me this advice that for me was weird he said okay. hey um, let's do something why don't you Ask God for a specific signal, a sign, give a specific sign, and He will. And and if God answers you, then you will know. But ask Him. And we were there. It was like prayer meeting. It was a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Uh, I knelt down and I prayed, and I I prayed the the, the most uh, ridiculous prayer that I thought. You know, it's like there's no way that this is going to happen. And at the time, as, as I was studying engineering, I, I had this debt that I needed to pay the university. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, well, this is going to be a hard one. Mm-hmm. I said, Lord, if you want me to study, you know, to be a, a pastor, um, well, I'm, you're going to have to look for a way for me to completely cancel this debt. And in order to get, you know, uh, go, go and study uh, theology somewhere. Um, so I thought, well, this is, this is a hard one. Mm-hmm. And I remember just leaving it at that and saying, "Okay, let's see, let's see what God does now." And that was a Wednesday. On a Thursday, I get out of my job, and I'm going to visit a friend that I have given Bible studies to, and his, his parents had kicked him out of the house, mm-hmm. and I, I was worried about him. And I went to his shop. He had a refrigeration shop, and and I stood at the door, and he was working on on a motor. Mm-hmm. And when he saw me, he went back to the, like to the to the storage. And I thought, well, what the heck, you know, we're good friends, we're good friends. So he just stood up, freaked out, went back to the storage, and then he came back and started talking to me. He threw me like a paper bag to me. I caught it, and, you know, we just kept on talking and catching up, and he was telling me how he was doing. And when when it was about time to leave, um, I felt curious about the bag. I said, hey, what is this? I thought it was like something to eat or something. Yeah. And when I opened it, it, it's a pack of money. Wow. It's a big pack of money.
0: Yeah.
2: And I freaked out, and I asked him. His name is Mike, and he's like, "Hey, Mike, what 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 is this?" And and, I, and he looked at me. it's yours." And I'm like, "No, that's not that. I'm sure this is <laughs> not mine." And, and, and I said, "What? Well, why? Why are you giving me this?" And he told me this words He says, "I'm not giving you that. God is." Hmm. And wow, I broke down. I was like, "Oh, you don't know what you don't know what that means." And and he told me that he was working on that motor, and that he was just uh, I'm thinking. And he got this impression in his heart that he, he used to stave up money and just put them in an old refrigerator in mm-hmm. a paper bag. Wow. And he and he felt in his heart, Edwin needs the money that you have in the bag. And he thought to himself, oh, that's a dumb idea. That's a stupid thought. Yeah. And, but he, he said in his heart, hey, um, if, if if he shows up, then you know I had a team in a, in a couple of days. He said, uh-huh. if he shows up, then I'll give it to him. And when he looks up, right in front of him, I was there, standing at the door. Wow! So he went and picked up that money, and, and he just gave gave it to me because he felt that strong impression. And we cried, and he couldn't believe it. And we went home, and I just told my told my wife about it, and um, it was the exact same amount of money that I needed to pay for college. Mercy. So I, I, I for me, I was just freaking out. I couldn't believe it. Uh, I said, "Well, so apparently God wants me to go to ministry."
0: Right. So Lisannet, would you you see? all of this happening and now you're off to wherever you're off to go to school. Mm -hmm. Um, What's going through your mind? now? I was
1: in total denial.
0: You were in total denial. Sure. (laughs)
1: Because at the time that he told me what happened with um, the pastor that told him, Oh, you need to go and study for Mm being a minister and that kind of stuff. I was in the um, transition to go back to school and finish my bachelor's degree. Wow. Mm -hmm. And, I was like, no, this is not possible. I want to finish my bachelor's degree. you know. like, no, 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 no. Resistance. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then when he came that day and told me what, what happened with Mike and yeah. the money, I was like, okay, Lord, I am not going to fight with you because you're always going to win.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well.
1: you know, and then, you know, I surrendered.
0: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> which, which is, it's tough. It is tough. It you know, I, I can see it in your eyes and your oh, heart yeah. when you're, as, you're, as you're talking about it. You know, I'm sure now it's been, as you said, many years. But nonetheless, when we recall those, you know, stories, mm-hmm. we, we, we're we recalling the emotions that are yeah. with those stories.
1: It, it is tough, especially, you know, um, I grew up my whole life until uh, until it was time for me to go to college in the same house. Mm. And the only time that I move by myself is, like, to go to, to college. Yeah. And then I get married, and I don't remember how many times we've been moving. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like take you out of the comfort zone. And, yeah. and it's, yeah.
0: yeah that's to me, a, it's kind
1: of like, yeah, God is funny.
0: <laughs> God, God, has, God does have a sense of humor. I, I can oh, vouch yeah. for that. Um, and... Um, but you you said an important word. You know, I I believe um, in ministry that's that's God is consistently if we respond in one shape form or another, and it's not always necessarily moving. Mm-hmm. But I think He is often, and maybe I'm speaking for myself, but taking us out of our comfort zone. Oh um, yeah. I think um, staying too often in our comfort zone is. Where we really got to be careful of plateauing yes. just our leadership or ministry in many different aspects and and maybe that's a topic for a whole other episode mm-hmm. but I appreciate you you know saying that so so fast forward now you go off to college where do you go to college uh, a little bit about that and and how did you end up in your first area of church planting
2: all right so um, I went to college in Puerto Rico um, uh, it was an interesting time, you know, a full-time student, full-time husband, father, provider. and But God just, you know, pulled through the, the whole thing. He was there. Um, um, I was invited uh, while I was uh, studying, uh, I was invited to pastor a church okay. um, there in Puerto Rico. I pastored there for two years and and i ar- around the the end of that time then i i i used to go all around to different places just just speaking as mostly uh evangelistic uh, youth events and so i went to um oregon to to speak mm-hmm. and um while i was speaking there um i, I met uh, um um uh, who became a, a really good friend pastor Roger hernandez and I said, "Hey, there's a there's an opening here. Would you would you like to interview?" Mm-hmm. And I said, well, "Sure, I could go in interview." And um, it turns out that that um, we were offered a calling there to, to, to just to to move. Um, um, for for us, uh, for me, it was a yeah. uh,
0: and it's not that far from Puerto Rico.
1: <laughs> and it's funny. And again, you know, I was like, "Seriously, seriously, you know?" And I never, I never. Um, that was my first time that I get out of the island.
0: Oh really? Yeah. And
1: I was like, okay, again, I am not going to fly. So yeah. If you are going, if you want me in Oregon, then you will provide. Right, right.
0: <laughs> you know? So you figured there was one Cuban import in in Oregon, Roger. Uh-huh. Um, so there might as well be a few Puerto Ricans oh, Kathy. Or, or Kathy, or Kathy, right? Of course, so, of course. yes. Of course. But, but
1: still, it's it's like you said, it's it's you know, he always is taking out of your comfort zone. Right, right. And I think it's because. What you learn here in point A, you know, you're not going to learn anything else. Yeah. And then you are going to point B Mm. to learn another thing. And it's kind of like steps. Yeah. And as humans, we don't like changes. Right. And it's hard. And sometimes people think, um, they saw the pastor's wife working and happy and that kind of stuff. And they think, no, you know, yeah, we struggle too. You know, we are humans and that process is hard, but you need to surrender because you're going to lose.
0: Yes. (laughs) Well, you know, this is why I'm I'm so glad to have you, you know, Lisa, Nett and, um, when when I asked Edwin, and just a minute ago we were talking, and I was like, "No, but I would like your wife also." To, and you looked at me like, "Yes, yes, you, you, I want both of you <laughs> to be on this on this episode because I think this is this is what we need. We we haven't had this part on the Restore Podcast, and to have that, and so I really appreciate you saying that because pastors, wives, spouses. Um, mm-hmm. So I should say it that way too because it also is on the on the other yeah, end, yeah, right? Female pastors and their husbands mm-hmm. as well. Um, This happens. It's consistently surrendering to God. And I think that everybody in every sphere, not just pastoral life, right, um, needs to make that decision as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it'll look different for them. But it it, it certainly is a journey. So you guys are totally being taken out of your comfort zone, going from Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the great state of Oregon. That's right, right. And, Where it,
1: it doesn't rain there. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's no rain in Oregon. Yeah. And so,
0: um, and so, if if you think there's tropical weather and rain in Puerto Rico, it's just a whole different, oh, whole different man. aspect in Oregon oh, for those of us. I've been there. I've been to Oregon, so yeah. um, I, I I understand. Now I haven't lived there, uh, but uh, so what was that like? You guys finished school in Puerto Rico. You graduate. Uh, did you go to seminary or did you go straight to Oregon to pastor we went straight to to, to Oregon to pastor okay it was a, a school
2: um, it taught us so much um, uh, for, for me from the aspect of uh, being able to adapt to different people groups mm-hmm. um, being able to to sacrifice or, or, or change even um, the way you speak in order to be understood you know more yeah. effectively Um Understanding and 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 seeing the beauty of other cultures, mm-hmm. um, then it was it was great, you know, um, it was it was different, but it was it was great at the time, you know, it's to it, it it was a really good church. Um, uh, the mentorship of, of Pastor Roger was instrumental for us. Um, the, to see a church that would minister to children, to young people, hmm. uh, to adults, that a church that was focused on serving its community and making hmm. an impact. Uh, a church that was not self-centered, mm-hmm. where boards were mission-driven, where there were no fights or no pride issues within the context. For me, it, it was very inspiring. It was very challenging. Something that that you know I try to replicate mm-hmm. wherever we go. That that uh, all you know all generations, regardless of, of ethnicity that we're able to, to focus towards a mission and come, bring it back yes. to mission. How do we do it and and align resource along that way as, right. as well?
1: And, and another thing, it was a church that take care of their pastor. Hmm. And I appreciate that a lot because, you know, we we came to the church and they receive us with, you know, the arms open yeah. and what we need. And, and even a uh, uh, at one point, um, Edwin went back to Puerto Rico, and I got sick. Mm. And at that time, uh, one of my boys was four, and the other was two. Mm. And when they didn't see me at church, they went to my house. Wow. They clean my house, they take, a, they take care of the kids, and they take care of me. Mm. And I think that is very important, um, uh, the church um, take care of the, of, of the pastoral family. Sure, and especially when when they're far away from their from their home from their family, it that that make a very huge impression to myself.
0: Oh, absolutely. So, in other words, that sometimes the pastor and, and his family or her family uh, needs ministering too. Oh, yes. and that oh, may. Oh, yes. that's, Again, probably a whole another episode of or, or topic per se, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, yeah. it's a must. Is what I'm hearing you say, yeah. and uh, I appreciate that. So. As you're going through this, as you're learning um, from uh, Roger, everything he's doing there, his wife and mm-hmm. him and the whole ministry there. When did that finally spark, say, OK, um, I'm going to start church planning. Yeah. So, so you still have that passion. You still have that desire. And what I'm seeing a lot from you. And, and I mean, quickly, just when I first met you, I can quickly tell that both of you seem to be the kind of people that you can jump anywhere and in a short time contextualize mm-hmm. to what's happening and kind of be among the people, whoever those people groups are. Yeah. So you guys seem to have that, that uh, gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so, yeah, within that, when when did that happen? Because you planted, just already put it out there, you guys have planted three churches. You're on your third church planting endeavor. Yeah, that's Third right. different church planting endeavor. Yeah. So, so tell me like, when you started, how did that start? Uh, because when you started, like you, uh, we were talking before, uh, there wasn't a lot of this lingo, if I can say it that way, mm-hmm. of church planting. It wasn't the yeah. in thing, the way it is yeah. now, if I can say it that way. Is that yeah. fair to say?
2: Yeah, that's uh, absolutely fair. Uh, we went to seminary, and as, we're, as we came back, uh, we were assigned to church plant in our conference. Yeah. Um, there was a group of 20 people that were coming out of uh, of a church. It was a, a difficult situation for them. It was not the healthiest of situation. Mm-hmm. Young people coming, coming out of the church and uh um to to plant and I'm, I'm assigned to this church plant, so um, and and, relo- and and to and immediately I realized mm-hmm. that in the years in seminary, I was not required to take a single church planting class, yeah, so I'm like, okay, I might be in trouble here because <laughs> I I don't know I don't I don't know how how to, how to get my head around this. I saw the need mm-hmm. um, I, I saw the opportunity uh, but I didn't know how you know the the how to the strategy the the principles behind it I I did not know so the first thing that I did I was went to my my conference and and I asked you know um hey so what's the you know what's the plan what's the strategy do you have like a a blueprint you know some steps that you follow in order to plant a new church and and the answer that I got was, you know, oh, you just need to pray. It's <laughs> a good I'm, answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I thought, well, that's that's what I've, I've been doing. Right, you know, that's right. what I've been doing. But you know, um, and and it, it just it just I, I couldn't believe it because I thought to myself, man, if, if I were to go to down the street to the Starbucks and say, hey, I want a Starbucks in this part of the city over here, um, and and I had the money to do it, they would take me through a plan from A to Z. Hmm. Precisely showing me how it's done and, and and we have something to offer much more valuable valuable than coffee yeah. you know so, so so I'm thinking to myself there must be a way, there must be a way. So I started uh, researching, buying books. I started uh, um, um, talking to people that that I heard th- through word of mouth that were planting. Fortunately, I had a good friend in seminary that he, that I, I walk, We were really good friends, who still are. Uh, are he was walking through a church planting process. Is uh, uh, Pastor Andres Flores from Epic Church okay. in, in Chicago? Mm-hmm. So so I, I picked his brain. Uh, we we talked and uh, then i found out about the exponential conference uh, yeah. you know that's submerged in everything that is church planting and um and i really thought wow i i i wish some someone sh- would would have shared these principles mm. Before, because along the way, I, I made a lot of mistakes that I thought, you know, th- these could th- could have been avoided. Right. Um, but that's where how we got and uh, you know involved with church planting, and, and and immediately the the passion started to build up in my heart because. I thought with, with for my children wouldn't it be amazing if my if, if my children had the opportunity to go to multiple churches to go to have a variety of churches where where they could be accepted loved empowered you know the, yeah. and, and but that's usually not not the case you know it, as as they're
0: getting closer and closer to that young adult age right so Edwin it essentially first it started with the, your constant desire to to reach people mm-hmm. that I would say. Far from God to reach mm-hmm. people that are not like Adventist, yes. Said. Uh-huh. And I could even go as far to say perhaps not even Christian, yeah, um, at all. And so that was that passion. And from that passion, it just you been, okay, let me let me look into if, if who's doing this. And and you didn't find a lot of people, mm-hmm. and not even with at that time, not even within your conference, was there a a a, a format or somebody that can. Uh, lead you in a way of mm-hmm. beginning to do it and of course I mean prayer is good I don't mm-hmm. want to um, you know demean that by any means you know necessary everything starts and is empowered and we need to continue praying mm-hmm. but ultimately there wasn't nothing available at that time for you yes. many many mm-hmm. many places I guess we can say also didn't have a lot of people doing it so now you get immersed in this right and you find a good friend and mm-hmm. that's important yeah um, to really draw from um, Epic Church. I'd love to have him on an mm-hmm. episode soon. Um, and so now what? Like now you're getting all the information, right? Yeah. So it's like your, your own schooling for both of you. Yeah. So now what happens?
2: So now a vision started of uh, uh, being uh, born in, in my heart of uh, planting churches that, that plant churches, hmm. you know? So hmm. Um, our church started growing. We went from uh, um, 20 to 100 and something, and we're, um, our vision was to become a place where all people were found in that specific
0: area. Okay, so this was your first church. Moment. This is our first church. Okay, moment. so tell me a little bit about, um, you said you started with 20. Tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about how you gathered them for those. This is like the, the nitty-gritty now that people yeah. are going to want to listen to yeah. besides your, you guys' story and journey to this first church plant. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Did you guys take a group from uh, the church you were at there with, uh, you know, Roger? Mm-hmm. Uh, were there also visitors? What was the um, core team like? All of that stuff. And I mean, did you even have any of that language at that time?
2: <laughs> no, we, we, we did it When we started there, it, we didn't. Actually, the, the group – and this is – I should do like a seminar on how not to start a church plan. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah because I have like a bunch of points <laughs> uh, so so I inherited a group of 20 people that you know were leaving out from this church uh-huh. uh, were, we're moving out into uh, um, another place and and you know it, I realized quickly that that was something that people called church plans they were starting a new church yeah Um and um, so he immediately started with a worship service, you know, he immediately started with a worship service. And,
0: and that's probably what the, the, the first wrong thing right. that, that happened, you know, which is, and I don't mean to interrupt here, but I do mean to interrupt actually, uh, <laughs> Yeah, but it's, that's key, right there. I yes. think maybe we should stop for a moment in that one, and I think you're going, you're about to expand. Yeah. But oftentimes we look at, and I am all for great worship gatherings and services, and mm-hmm. I think we all are. Mm-hmm. There is importance in that, yeah. and sometimes we can sway one way or, or the other. Um, but there's a difference between planting a church service and planting a church. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, so let's. Tell me more about that, which I think you were going that way. Yes. So
2: what I quickly realized is that everything went uh, around that worship service. It wasn't really a church. It was only a worship service. Hmm. Uh, we We needed to move into that church planting mentality, planting a healthy church, Which includes discipleship, you know, having uh, a discipleship process, a a precise way of how going—and that takes time as well, so you can't jump in directly to to a worship service. Having an evangelism strategy, how are we going to share our faith with people, where they are, and, you know, how are we going to share the gospel in a way that's effective? Um, how are we going to serve people? So service is also a purpose of the church where we, we are the church to serve people, mm-hmm. to bless others, to, to meet the needs of other people around us. Mm-hmm. And also to have a true, a true sense of, of community, of fellowship, mm-hmm. you know, and we didn't have that. There was very, very low sense of fellowship, community. There was no strategic no strategic service. There was no evangelism and, and there was poor discipleship and when immediately, Everything, all our energy and efforts were on the worship service.
0: Yeah. And I this can't so, be- so, in other words, it was looking like many of our churches today. Uh, or what? some of our churches today.
2: Well, <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. <laughs> some, <laughs> some, some, some of our churches, not all of them, not all Yeah, of them. yeah. Um, but okay, so it was, so what did you begin to do to change that in this new? Because okay. at the very, all kidding aside, at the very least, I know that your heart was in the right place. Mm-hmm. Um, your intentions were in the right place. And praise the Lord that it seems that just early on, even after all that, he was already speaking to you saying, mm-hmm. you know, wait a minute, you don't you don't have these things. Of course, now you mm-hmm. have them flushed out, right? Mm-hmm. Discipleship, evangelism, how mm-hmm. you were served, community. Mm-hmm. Um, but so how did you begin to now transition from just a worship service plant yeah. <laughs> to to really being a discipleship based and having all these other yeah. um, aspects. So
2: we took a year. It, it was a process that took a year mm-hmm. of, of, of strong discipleship, of casting this vision, of being the church that call, God called us to be, Yeah, being the church that included these things, you know, yeah. like going through them, thinking through them. Uh, um trying different aspects of this of, of service of, of discipling of evangelism of, of community going through a whole process also of uh, recruiting like minded people because there were some people they started with a worship service and they were very comfortable with that. Yeah. And I was disrupting you know the, their peace because their, their comfort zone. Their, yeah I was uh, I was I came to, to disrupt their, their comfort zone saying, hey no You know, it's great that you, you know, come to the worship service. It's great that you'd like to sing or play or, but that's not church. That is not church. This is church, you know. This is this is what the gospel says. We're called to make disciples, so we have that responsibility. And what does that look like? Hmm. So we went through a process of recruiting people, of helping people get that vision and get acquainted yeah. with it, get submerged. You know, going t- taking them to trainings, asking other church planters to come into the church and just um, share with the church, to, um, take out to the leaders. We took retreats. We started
0: praying strategically around this, you Edwin. Know. Just how passionate you are, and how, mm-hmm. how people obviously can't see it, but I see it in your eyes as you're saying this. Tell me how um, exhausting and emotionally draining that is.
2: Oh mercy!
0: Yeah. I can't
2: tell I, you. I, this is you yeah. This, this is this because
0: is, <laughs> like I said, when we're telling these oh, yeah. you know stories, I can see the emotions come out. Yeah. I'm obviously, especially here that we're live, mm-hmm. meaning we're we're all in the same mm-hmm. place, and oftentimes I'm recording these in different areas, but not always. Uh, the people aren't always live with me here. Mm-hmm. But as I see it in in both of you, um, to do that, that's just tell me a little bit about that aspect, wow. you know, the the emotional. You were you know you told mm-hmm. me a little bit of the things that you were doing, mm-hmm. which is that has to be intentional, consistently speaking with people like mm-hmm. every single day. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It
2: came, you know, it came to a point that it, it just bordered line on unhealthy, yeah. mm-hmm. for me because um, this this is how 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 draining it was. I would open my eyes in the morning, and it was the first thing on my mind. Mm. I could not avoid it. It was there. Mm. It, it it was it was just calling me, you know, just. This this is needs to be done. These are the next steps. You know, it's like oh, it's just the church was was overwhelming. It's just a vision that would consume me. You know, yeah. and and uh, um, so and and that when I went to bed at night, that was you know the last thing I would. Uh, I, I had a hard time disconnecting from it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so that's another lesson that that, that I learned that that I um, I'm practicing, um, and I actually learned it from 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 Rick Warren. There's a, something that he says. He says that that um, he um, disconnects daily, mm-hmm. retreats weekly, and abandons yearly. Mm. So that's something that 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 I put some boundaries, you know. I, like my day off, I, you know, I I took, I told my, 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 leaders, I told my, my church, it's like my day off. I you know I don't answer my phone. If you're planning on dying, dying some, 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 <laughs> some, some other day. Yeah. But but I am, I am not answering my phone. I'm not answering emails. I am not talking about. Uh, and at first, it was a struggle because you know my wife is is, is as passionate as I am, so it's yes. easy just to get involved in that again. Right. So we had to hold each other accountable just to move in that direction and say, no, no, that that's work. We're going to create this space, um, and 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 that's uh, so we uh, uh, withdraw weekly. We also mm-hmm. disconnect uh, daily. So, you know, we're always thinking with our minds and doing something, you know, so I I realized that I needed to do like a physical hobby, something else that would distract me, you know, just with my hands or something that I would not be involved with that. And then just taking vacations regularly when you just completely abandon the church and let them, you know, uh, um, and so, so that that was creating some healthy practices around ministry in order, because it is emotionally draining. This is an amazing book um, written. um, uh, Let me see if I I can recall the um,
0: the author. While you recall the author, Lisa, tell us um, some of what you were going through and and, and how you were also a big part of that intentional, uh, constant developing of discipleship and evangelism and service and community with this new church plan. Well, first
1: of all, I think um, when... When God calls one to ministry
0: mm-hmm.
1: actually he
0: calls two okay yeah
1: <laughs> you know it is impossible for only one person mm. um to do ministry especially yeah. when you, when when you are a couple right and um some people do not realize that most of the the pastor's wife uh, of the other half of, of a pastor mm-hmm work full time in the church
0: yeah
1: and have the full time job.
0: Yeah, many do, yes.
1: Yeah. And and by saying that it was hard. Mm. A lot of tears. Yeah. Because sometimes sometimes um you try to people to get to the point to understand that God gave the pastor the vision
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and Maybe they don't want to, or mm-hmm. they are not capable to understand, mm. and uh, they try to make your life um, miserable. Mm.
0: Yeah. And it's
1: hard, yes. and, and and it's hard. But
0: and plus, you were not just in a any church, but you were church planting, which yes. is, in mm. in my estimation, uh, I mean at least double the double the the intensity to some. You know, degree. I mean, not. Oh, yeah. I'm not undermining any other pastors, mm-hmm. um, you know, ups and downs in their own journeys. But church planting is a whole nother animal. Can I say so, it that way? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, yes. Yeah.
1: But um, to me, it's kind of like, uh, I loved it. Yeah. I think I have, I have, my passion is like, I always say, if you have a friend, a very good friend, and you see in the in the store that they have a, a, a shoe clearance. Mm-hmm. What do you do? You mm-hmm. call your friend. Right. Hey, there's our clearance, 80% of shoes, blah, 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 blah. Why we can't mm. do that with the gospel?
0: I'm on I'm that. Preach. <laughs> and,
1: and, and... The, you know, it, it came naturally. That's yeah. that. That's why, thank God, that we, you know, we complement each other oh, in that thing. Yeah. And and yeah, church planting is not easy, but to me, it's kind of like a like an art project. Mm. You start with the materials, mm-hmm. you gather everything that you need, mm. and then you start like you know, put it everything together, and it, it takes time. Yes. But at the end, you will be like, wow. It's amazing, it's amazing.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. So you guys are all in emotionally. We've discussed it. Yeah. You're you're trying to implement in this, and we're just in the first church plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're trying to go from just having a worship service to really being a disciple-making church that makes disciples, mm-hmm. finding evangelism strategies, and 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 um, how you're going to serve community. So you're putting on this by intentionally recruiting leaders, speaking to the leaders, casting that vision, mm-hmm. uh, giving ways of trying it out, right? Uh, service. You know efforts here. I'm assuming how to do community and all that. So how, how did it how did it end up before you left to plant mm-hmm. the second church yeah. or another church? So um,
2: our our vision was to reach the the people in 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 the Portland area, and we realized you know we, we are almost maxed out in the in the capacity and where, where, where we were um, that the people from the from from the east of Portland would not come. To, to where we were, you know? So, so, so what we did is we, we went to them. So, so we sent a group of people, um, that were also trained, um, recruited a group of people to go into that area and, and be the church there. So that was, now we had already gone through a, a better process. Now, now we had some better practices. Now, now, um, now we knew um, how to take care of each other a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, like, um, and, and by the way, that that book that that I mentioned is called "It's Not Personal," um, but then the personal crossed out, and it says uh, um, um, "Surviving and Thriving on a Journey of Church Planting" by Brian and Amy Boyle. Okay, um, it was uh, very helpful. Um, so this time we recruited leaders. We went to. Through a process of casting a vision mm-hmm. of this uh, that we needed to plant another church another side of, of Portland, uh, I, the way that that I went about it was I prayed and, and and I cast and I started talking about the idea of planting another church in another part of Portland to anybody that that would that would listen to me. Okay, and and then I, I pray, Lord, I, I won't pursue actively these people. Only if, if they get back to me, if, if their desire, mm-hmm. uh, if their interest is so high that they, gave, they get back to me and say, hey, you know, I want to talk to you about this or the, about this project, and, then I would actively pursue them. And I would look for four specific things uh, in, in them. And I realize I mean, that that's, uh, that's important for any team.
1: Okay.
2: Um, number one, we we're looking for people of character. People that are Christian, you know, it's the foundation that we're going to build upon. So yeah. we, we, we need people that we can trust that are not saying one thing one day, another thing the next day. Okay. Number two, um, people that we had good chemistry with, you know, and I, and I believe chemistry is underrated. Yeah. But we even see in the world of sports, teams that are maybe not that great. Yeah. but teams that are have good really good chemistry mm-hmm. you know they, they just produce so so much better right and, and number four people that are competent that they do with excellence what they do and then uh, last but not least uh, uh, people with a sense of calling that you don't have to push them around in a certain direction because they themselves feel called um, to move in that direction so they push with you and you don't have to you know drag them. And that just made a world of difference. Just starting, just discipling with these people and going through a process. By this time, I had put like a twelve principles to go through, to really study through and work through. And we went through this whole process with them, uh, you know, through the whole process. Uh, first, you know, of clarifying specifically the vision, recruiting the key leaders for each ministry, right. a specific discipleship plan, you know. It so, was
1: different the so second time around. Marketing, and, and right. demographic, all of this. You, you it was, guys, it was like a year, right? Yeah. Before we. Wow.
0: So this time you guys learned we're not launching a church service. Oh, yeah. We're going to launch a church, and Mm -hmm. we're going to spend at least a year going through all this. Right, calling people, like you said, of uh, the four things you mentioned were character, chemistry, um, um, competence, competence. Thank you, and calling. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that again, that alone is 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 a a lot of intentionality there. Oh yeah, because I mean, you're you're wading through different people. Um, You know, some you're going to say, well, you know, this is a great person. But probably not the best chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, as we're yeah. going to move, you know, forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you you are still having this one church. You're planting a second church. Yeah. What's the name of the church, by the way? Uh, Gather and Scatter Adventist Church. Say that again. Gather and Scatter Adventist Church. Gathered and scattered mm-hmm. Adventist Church. Yep. Now that's a name. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: and and then we went as a core group. Uh huh together
0: to pick the next okay, Right, to so you guys came together. Everything okay. with, the, with
1: the group. Yeah.
0: Gathered and scattered Adventist, Adventist churches. Church. Awesome. And so you guys were implementing that in the first one, the second one. So how did that one end up doing, you know, as you started it differently, mm-hmm. right? You, you, you launched yeah. differently. So first of all, I think one of the main
2: differences was the, uh, the ownership that people had, mm. you know, the, the sense of this is my church. This is my ministry. Yeah. Um, um, I also the, the, um, the bar that I set was very different. I said, I set the bar like incredibly high to be part of a team like that. Mm. Incredibly, it was purposefully. I, I thought there's no way people are going to say yes. I'm part of the team because I asked them if you if you want to be a part of this team. Here's the three things you need to do. Number one, you need to meet for a year on a weekly basis with a small group. Wow. Number two, what what you need to be personally involved, bringing one person to Christ. Either you know meeting with them and praying, giving them Bible studies. You need to be personally involved bringing one person to Christ through this process. And number three, I told them, you're going to take a week of your vacation, and you're going to go with me to Florida for a training, and you're going to pay for it. Wow. <laughs> and, exponential, I'm assuming. Yes, yeah, so we went, went ex, uh, exponential. And we when we rented a house, and I had 10 leaders coming with me, I remember closing the door of the room and thinking, oh my God, they came. <laughs> 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 They're here. You're like, Lord, you better show up and do something because they actually did it. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: So, so um, that's a long trek from Oregon. I mean, oh that, yeah, that's, yeah, uh, yeah. Crazy. Especially,
2: you, I'm talking about young people. I'm talking yeah. about young professionals. You know, saying, yeah. hey, you're going to take a uh, a week of your life, of yeah. your vacation time that you work for. And you're going to go down. You're going to take a training, and you're going to pay for it. You know, right? And but, what I realize is that when, when you, especially young adults, I see that all the time. When, when young adults are challenged to do something that's significant for Christ, mm. more often than not. They, they will say yes. That's if, powerful. If it's easy,
0: somebody, somebody else will do it. What a lesson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, set if, the bar high. Set the bar really, really high. Set the bar high yeah. and 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 wait for those that God is going to call yes. on that. Yes. And, not,
1: and, and not only for church plans. You can use that in any ministry. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because for children's ministry, I do the same thing.
0: <laughs> wow. Um, I yeah. do the same thing. So um, you guys get the... Uh, uh, Scattered and gather? Scattered and ga- gather. <laughs> gather and scatter. Gather and scatter. <laughs> gather and scatter Adventist church. Gather and scatter Adventist church. Yeah. And so now is that is that like um, east and west or something that you have? Where, that's what you guys did, like uh-huh. the east side and the west side. Uh-huh. Um, was it a type of uh, multi-site? Were you pastoring, if I can say it that way, yep. at this point? Were the lay leaders working there as you know, co pastors. What, what did that look like for a while? Because obviously, we're now going to talk about in a minute after you answer that question. Yeah. Um, your your third calling, right? Mm-hmm. Your third mm-hmm. church plant, which you're working on now. But yeah. let's finish off on these two. How did that end up looking? So, like? so, so, yeah. So the the first the first church that we that
2: we started planting was Remix Adventist Church, is the, the first one started okay. in Portland, and and out of that was born Gather and Scatter Adventist okay. Church. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, um, so um, we had, yeah, the, the leaders were, were heavily in, involved um, in in ministering, in in serving in the community. Um, so, something that I, that I learned that I did differently is instead of recruiting people to a specific ministry, I recruited people to a specific purpose. Hmm. So people that felt called to like to teach and evangelize. You know, or called. I, I didn't specifically recall, uh, recruit them to teach a class, but I specifically recruit them to 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 be the uh, the evangelist uh, champions for for the church. You know, mm-hmm. the ones that would be leading out that that specific purpose uh, people that felt that that, that were built with a desire and to to go and and lead and facilitate worship. Mm-hmm. So they would, you know, be recruited specifically to that, not necessarily to uh, a, a worship team, but there are other ways of facilitating. That. So, so that that was different. And what I realized is that people had so much ownership and we had gone through the vision and what would it look like. So for for um, so thoroughly that when we had like the launch dates. I, I literally came into a church and and didn't have to do any I was not running mm-hmm. around. I, I didn't have to look at the sound, I didn't have to look at the worship team, I didn't have to look at the greeters and, and, and I, I felt weird. Yeah. <laughs> I felt weird, you know. I, I I and and I was encouraged by the leaders to say, Hey Pastor, you're here to preach your word and connect with people. That's it. You preach the mm-hmm. word and connect with people. That's it. We're mm-hmm. praying for you, Pastor. You you got this, you know. Mm-hmm. They had so much ownership of each ministry. they they were functioning so well, they had dreamt about it, they had studied about it, they had prepared for it, you yeah. know, they, they had recruited people into their ministries. So it, it, was, it was just a different um, yeah.
0: type of, of dynamics. Awesome, praise the Lord. Um, it's just, you know, beautiful to, to hear stories like that and see how God leads in, in these, you know, church plants and with people of all ethnic backgrounds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of young people. You know, we we, that's the number one thing we always hear young people leaving the church, young Mm -hmm. people leaving the church. And yes, so this is a different story. This is a a story of young people coming to church. Yes, Mm -hmm. right. Of of young people being the church. And and that's thank you. Yes, of young people being the church. Um, And so so now all that is happening, and we get to where you're at today. Mm -hmm. So, how did you end up in in Denver,
2: Colorado? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. we had been in, in, in with the Oregon Conference for um, twelve years, mm-hmm. and um, it, it seemed that God was was just const, constantly calling us to to do something mm-hmm. uh, else. In that in in, in it was this was specific last year. Um, I wasn't sure how how to uh, manage that yeah. <laughs> um, that transition. It was the first time that we're changing conferences that we felt like our time was done and it was something that we started feeling it in, in, in our hearts and um, um, again I, I talked to to a few pastors uh, um, and uh, one of them told me hey why don't you um, ask God you know if it's time for you to, to move on and um, mm-hmm. then ask God you know to to lead and give you options mm-hmm. and we and, and, and it, uh, we started praying uh, in a few weeks we had four different calls mm-hmm. to different places and um, but um, I believe what my wife was saying that that God uses whatever he taught you today He 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 'll use that to for for me for his glory tomorrow yeah so um we prayed um lord um Wherever you want us to go, um, that we can do more of what you had prepared us to do. Mm-hmm. And um, the Rocky Mountain Conference there had a, um, the idea of planting a church in the city. Um, mm-hmm. There's not a, an Adventist church right there in, this, in the city, mm-hmm. um, and we've been there um, a year now. Um, it's been, you know, a, a process. It's 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 never easy because planting a church, especially in places that where there's no uh, church, um, it's it's a war against the enemy. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a war. So, so a lot of praying, uh, a, a lot of, of filling your heart with, with God's promises. Mm-hmm. And even when you don't see the, the immediate fulfillment of those promises, believing and pushing through, because hmm. uh, God will always, always, always keep his promise. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not always exactly in the timing that we anticipate or that we prefer, right. but he, was, he always keeps his promises. So we've been there for a year now. We yeah. recently launched in in March, New Day Adventist Church wow. in in Denver. This is part of a uh, uh, this time that, that was a slight slightly different because it's part it's a multi site. So it's one church, two locations of New Day. Mm-hmm. Um, New Day uh, Parker is in the suburbs, and then New Day Denver is in the and in, right there in, in
0: downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, so so for so that's very important. So essentially, you had a in some. Other lingo, you have like this was the mother church. This was the, mm-hmm. the church that gave birth to New Day yeah, Denver. It exactly. was the other church, and so yeah. you went in there to to really lead that out. To lead but, that, but church. there was there was nothing in town in downtown uh, Denver. Exactly, but there was momentum in a sense to be fair that there was a church that wanted it yes there was they a were willing that to support it in every which fashion and yes, way is that, that fair to say that's super fair they were yeah. praying about
2: it they were willing to send people there they were willing to to finance it you know they they um, had been praying for about it for, for a while now so it, they had a, a healthy culture it, yeah. it wasn't the church was not dividing itself it was nobody was disgruntled or mad with anybody mm-hmm. they didn't have to go there, but they felt that God was sending them there. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons we, we we decided to say, okay, you know, this is a good a good opportunity. It's a healthy culture, or if we're able to to translate and move and, mm-hmm. and you know move this uh, uh healthy culture into downtown where we can serve, or we can disciple, or we can worship, or we can have fellowship and
0: and and, and evangelize. Then it would be a, a really good thing for the city. Right. So so Lisa Ned, now again, here we go out of the comfort zone as you. Um, have been talking about um, so what does it feel like now you're going to Denver you guys have except maybe visiting there you know and exploring if you were going to go um, had you, you guys hadn't been to Denver before right no, 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 no. so now let's just fast forward you're in Denver what's the first thing that you guys begin to do to uh, start this journey of with the church of course that you're going into uh, what did that beginning part look like there in Denver now it's only been a year, so it's 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 fresh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's fresh. It's something that 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 we. One of the the first things that we did it was the demographics.
0: Okay, you did we, a, a demographic study. Yeah. Okay. We
1: pointed out um, the area that the um, the mother church want to plant the church mm-hmm. and start to get to know the community. Mm-hmm. It's very important to do that because if you don't get to know your community, then how you're going to yeah. You know, preach them and, and help them and, right. and, and fill the
0: need. So and, what were the differences between the church that wanted to plant the church in Denver? What was the difference in communities? Because my understanding is that it was very different, obviously, right?
1: Yes. The mother church is very wealthy. Okay. The community in Denver, in the area that they wanted to plant, is a low-class yeah. okay. community. Okay. All right, and another thing of course is the mother church is in the suburbs and the other one is in downtown, but the thing is this area that they want to plant it has been going through gentrification Wow you know it was merely an uh, African American um, community community mm-hmm. and then they started receiving a lot of like well millennials with um, master's degrees you know educators yeah um, and it started to push that African-American community out of that wow. area. And mm. and you can see the difference, you know, mm. because some of them, you know, came to Denver with a Christian background. Some of them, they don't. Like, you can see a lot of people from Oregon. Okay. okay. <laughs> California. Yeah. Right. That they're moving there. And, uh, and you need to know what is happening in the
0: community. Okay. And that's very important. So, again, you guys have really come... Learned a whole lot. The first thing oh, yeah. you guys are doing is that like you guys are first exploring deep learning yeah. and learning deep into actually the Actually, moved into the community. Moved into the community. It's
2: not the same thing to, to, to come and minister to, to the community than that to actually live there. Yeah. You, you weren't you, just
0: driving in. You were not yes. driving in. We were
2: part of the community. So, we were. If, 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 if the, whatever the community was experiencing as a whole, we were part of it. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Because
1: people then see, oh, They really care. Yeah. It's not that you don't care if you live outside, but we are humans. It's something that we have. If they're here, yes, they really care. And mingle with them. Sometimes we go out to work in a coffee shop Mm. and get to know the manager or or the owner of of the coffee shop or the business. And you need to take time to hear the stories. Mm -hmm. Because my experience and my story is not the same.
2: Right. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, and if you are going to minister to that community, take the time to hear the story because that is going to help you to plan out exactly what you want to give to the community. Wow. Because if you're going to plan there, it's not because you're going to plan because I want to have the church that I want. Mm-hmm. God doesn't call us to do that. That doesn't call us to go to the community and, you know, help them with what they need yeah. and bring them. You know, to the gospel.
0: Beautiful. It's
1: not because, oh, I, I want to live in Denver. No. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. Yeah, and like Denver, like any big city in the United States, is, is multifaceted. Right? Oh, yeah. There's, um, you know, here in Florida, you have, we have several, right? Miami and Tampa and Jacksonville, Orlando, of course, all big cities, some bigger than others, but very different. And 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 very, I've very I've, I've been to all of them a multitude of times mm-hmm. and, and and obviously with what I do and uh, they're just very different cities to live in and to yeah. minister in they have similarities mm-hmm. they have mm-hmm. basic principles and uh, needs but nonetheless very you know different so you guys just again it seems like um, I don't know if you want to say you've come full circle but you've you've learned so much that now you are looking into it you're learning the mm-hmm. community you're talking to people you're listening as uh, Lisa Nett you were saying so important, and um, I like I like what you guys were saying earlier today in the seminar, and I, I, I caught that really quick. I think it was in the, in the Q&A part. Uh, somebody told you or asked you a question, and you said um, to the, uh, the answer was that there's beautiful things in every culture. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's trying to find what you can connect with what is beautiful in that person's culture and what they're talking about, where they come from, where they live, um, and then helping them with what we know biblically mm-hmm. um, that everybody needs without demeaning, if I can use that word, I've used it before here, um, where they come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because everybody is looking, you said, for something better. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and we have that. Uh, you said you're very clear on that, very firm, and I, yeah. I like that. That's not being boastful. That's just saying that what we have has transformed all of us, mm-hmm. which is Jesus. Yes, mm-hmm. and people need that. It's just how we're presenting it. Yeah. Yeah. and and that's where I kind of wanna kind of um, head head this, bring this to uh, you know home here is that mm-hmm. you guys are just being the hands and feet of Jesus, mm-hmm. and you guys are have learned what that is. And so when you're you said you just launched in March. What was that like? Maybe tell us a little bit, you know, what led to the launch, how that launch is going, how the church is going. It's been April, May, June, July, August, almost five months. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, tell us a little bit about that now in a whole new, you know, city, state, everything.
2: Yeah, so we, we launched uh, um, Easter weekend where some people that maybe uh, never go to church usually may think about it going, going yeah. to church. We had a, a, an Easter egg hunt with the community. We had a, a big party with them. We invited this, uh, um, uh, um, this person from the community that comes and brings animals for the kids and had like a petty zoo. It was, and, and at the same time, and at the same time, we had a, a big celebration where we casted a vision of who God has called us to be. And we presented the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, a good turnout. Um, we had around a hundred, maybe 150 people mm-hmm. there. Um, people from the um, community came. We had a, a sister church sent some people um,
0: in uh, as well. Oh uh, yeah, so. so so you guys also worked with the surrounding churches as well as yes. just, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. even
1: with the churches we are ranking.
2: Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 We we invited them to uh, to come we did uh we did prior to that we did uh um uh a pre-launch um, a period of time where we, we met for three months in that place when we had very hard conversations because we're transitioning a lot of people that use, were used to do church in the suburbs yes. with the reality of the Urban setting, you know. Mm. When it talked about race uh, uh, racial issues, we mm-hmm. talk about uh, poverty and what what that looked like. Wow. When We talk about gentrification. We brought in an, an African American church to come and to talk about what what how how they had experienced discrimination in the past, mm. what it looked like from the other side. You know, how did they f- feel
0: about it?
1: And get to know their story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: awesome. So, so you guys, you were really doing your homework here. I guess yeah. if I can say yeah. it that way, you. So this soft launch—that's an interesting aspect there. Yeah. So in the soft launch, it was it was more of your core group and maybe a few others mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. were helping and um, just really basically the soft launch was almost like a training, is what I'm understanding, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. what you're hearing for yeah. three months before three you really months really launched. before
2: out. we launch? You know, so we could understand you know uh, who are we're we're ministering to what are the, the issues, the problems, what are the, some of the best ways, best practices to communicate and, and to do what God has called us to do in that area. Mm-hmm. So um, it was a very interesting process. We were some had some very candid conversations, yeah. um, but it just helped to move into, into a, put us into a place that we're here to learn. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we learned as we come into a church, to a neighborhood to, to plant is that God is already there. Yeah. You know, we're mm-hmm. not coming. We're not the saviors of the world. We we come and we, we look for what God is already doing. He has already people there. He has already mm-hmm. churches there. He's, he's, he, he, so we want to get alongside what God is doing and blessing and, and be a part of it, you know. Yeah. So, um, we've launched March 31st. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a, a good attendance, uh, mm-hmm. so, so far. It's been now we, we took a, a little dip in, in, in summer. We realized that a lot of people travel, a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, you know, uh, when summer times now it's picking up back again as uh, um, summer is, is coming to a close.
0: Mm-hmm. So how, how are you guys, uh, one of my last mm-hmm. questions here, in this whole journey of planting these three churches, right? And you've, you've made sure that how you be, did the first one is different, how you did the second one and how you're doing this third one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So discipleship. Is key. So, what is discipleship looking like now in a church that is more urban, as opposed to the suburban uh, mother church, if I can say it that way? Yeah. Um, what What is what is discipleship looking like continuously? I mean, starting off that church on discipleship as you guys embedded yourself in the community and others. So, um, tell me a little bit more about that before we we close up here. There's two ways um,
2: that don't have to be uh, exclusive of one another. Okay. Um, the church has a big responsibility as church as a whole um, with everything that we do. We have a big responsibility to guide people through a process, right, where people know what are the next steps. So people know how to um, get to know about their own spiritual gifts and get to know how to apply those gifts. And, and I think that's a, it's a big part of it. And, and while we do that, small, small groups has been key mm-hmm. for that, for, for mm-hmm. us. You know, yeah. uh, um, we, we uh, continue to have um, small groups where um, we study scriptures, where we hold each other accountable to yeah. our, our
0: goals so It's very intentional, small very groups. Very intentional. It's not just, you know, when people hear small groups, it's so loaded mm. um, that word small groups. And um, But I know that when church planners say small groups, particularly church planners, um, they're really talking about groups that are coming together intentionally mm-hmm. to do life, yes, mm-hmm. not just uh, to meet. And and I'm, I don't mean this in a bad way, so please, who, those that are listening, don't email me <laughs> um, or call me. But it, it's not just to, you know, study an Ellen White book and talk about how evil the church is or no. something like no. that. No. Even though it's great to study yeah. steps of Christ or whatever, yeah. it's phenomenal. Uh, but I'm saying it's more of doing life together, learning what the Bible is. Discipleship going in depth, and you said a keyword: holding each other accountable. Yeah, right. Well, that- holding
2: each other accountable, being being transparent and open about where where we are with the different struggles has been huge. Yeah, you know, if if people can't come and be open about where they are in their life with the struggles. Then where else can they come to? You know, mm-hmm. if they can't do that at church, where else would they do that? Yeah. You know, so 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 we're trying to be very in, intentional about that, and that's where the the discipleship happens. And here's a, and here's a uh, uh, the the part that we're adding to that that could be very abstract, as we mm-hmm. say, well, the church has a process or a strategy mm-hmm. of how they're discipling. Mm. But where I think we need to move, and and here's where we're going, into a way of measuring that where it's more tangible and personal. It's like who who are the one two people that you are discipling currently, mm-hmm. and how are they doing? You mm-hmm. know, so the so because because that moves the responsibility from the church that we sometimes see it as this abstract thing, you know, like yeah, like this institution rather than me, correct? You know, and it moves that responsibility. From the institution to me, right. that I am the one who's called to 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 make disciples, and as as we do that, I think we're not we're not going to see only addition, but we're going to see multiplication Yes. yes. of people coming to Christ and being uh, um,
0: uh, discipled as disciples that gain disciples for Christ. Yeah. So it's it's really again, it's uh, I, I, I'm. Kind of like the theme in part of this episode is really taking people out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. because to to do that and I've I've, um, had a lot of tugging of God's heart. I'm just going to be transparent in Mm -hmm. my life right now that God wants me to dig deeper in doing that, right, Mm -hmm. Of, of coming out of my comfort zone of what I do. Um, and, I, and I hang around a lot of people, churchy people a lot, mm-hmm. and that's great. You know, we, we're all called to different roles, mm-hmm. um, and I praise God for the roles that he's called us all. But I believe God is calling me out of my comfort zone to do that, to make disciples that make disciples. First mm-hmm. to be a disciple mm-hmm. that makes disciples, that can make disciples. Mm-hmm. And, and that is extreme intentionality is mm-hmm. what I see from you guys. And, um, you know, listen, that is what you said is, is um, surrender. Yeah. Obey way back to the first time mm-hmm. that the young boy came to your house that wasn't uh, stoned and said, uh, <laughs> we're going to church, right? And you said, uh, began the process and said, okay, we're going to obey. And then we're going to college and we're going to go somewhere else and I'm going to obey. And for going to Puerto Rico, we're going to Oregon. I'm going to obey. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to Denver, I'm going to obey. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes it takes that. And so I really praise God that you guys have Obeyed God and see your trajectory and and um, the many things before we close. Uh, listen, Ed. What what do you want to tell those that are listening and those that will or those that will be listening? Um, any any final words of, of encouragement or a challenge or both?
1: Obey is equal to pain.
0: Obey mm-hmm. is equal to pain. Okay. Yes. Yes. So be,
1: be, yes. Pre- be prepared. Be prepared. But at the end of that transition, it's going to be fine. And another thing, uh, especially people that want to plant, well, in general, people in church in general, knowledge is is power. Mm. It's power. And if you have the opportunity to assist um, to church planting conference, do it. Mm. Do it. If you have uh, the opportunity to sit down in a coffee shop um, where there are people that they don't look like you, Ask questions. Mm. They are willing to talk to you if you are if if, if if you are like genuine. Yeah. If you don't want like to hit them with the Bible in the <laughs> you know in the forehead, they are willing.
0: Yeah. They are
1: willing because they're thirsty, thirsty to to find a place that they can be healed.
0: Mm. That's a <laughs> yeah. wonderful place, a place to be healed, and I think that's uh, that's what church planting is about, mm. in essence, a, a finding. And creating um, a people that have been hurt, but are healed to the grace and the love of Jesus.
1: And, and, so. a, and another thing is like, you don't plant a church for you.
0: Mm.
1: You plant a church for the generation
0: that has come. Wow. wow. <laughs> well, there's a lot to think about. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Guys, I really want to thank you for your time. Thank you. I love Thank your you. stories, and uh, I know that people will be inspired by hearing this. There's so much more that I would love to ask, but I don't want to keep it too long. And in case you're listening, yes, we are having a major thunderstorm. Uh, one, yes. one of our famous um, afternoon thunder showers, thunderstorm showers here in Florida. So case you were here of rumblings um <laughs> that's what it was uh so hey guys blessings to you and your continued you. endeavors you. endeavor, you and uh, you're in our prayers amen thanks. thanks well i hope that you have been inspired and challenged as i was by doing the interview having the conversation with edwin and lisa Annette. i really want to thank them for their time and please do share this incredible story I also want to thank just and pray uh, for all the church planters out there. Uh, They are heavily, heavily challenged. It is a task like no other. And so uh, please, let's keep them in our prayers. I want to thank you guys once again for listening to the Restore Podcast. Please continue to share, continue to listen. We thank you. We love you. God bless you. Until next month.
1: Thank you for listening to this Restore Podcast. We hope you've been blessed. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss any of our inspiring episodes.